<laughs> Let's look at Romans. At Romans, this is our, our I think, part three. Uh, Romans uh, uh, chapter 11 is our subject, right? And I want to just look at, at Romans 11:7 when Paul asked the question, "What then?" And you know, you know, Paul is always saying something and then asking something. He asks what he already has the answer to. He says, uh, "Israel has not obtained what it seeks." And he's speaking of Israel. And, and in this volatile day in which we live, uh, sometimes we may think that, oh, Pastor Don is anti-Semitic. Not at all. Very much pro whomever and whatever God is for. He says, but Israel has not obtained what it's, it sought. That is the righteousness of God, uh, the reality of God. He says, but the elect have obtained it and he speaks of the elect as a body a group of body and those who are picked out or chosen by god uh, if you have any issue with uh, the with election and predestination uh, then you just need to read your bible more and pray more uh, if you have any issue with that who better than God can make a choice. You and I make choices that we criticize people for believing that God has a right to make. You know, and, and so he says, the elect have obtained, and Paul shows us a ver something very valuable, and that is those whom God has chosen will always succeed in what God chose them to be. We have to understand that. And God has chosen you, that's why you're here. So since God has chosen you, you shouldn't have any problem with election. You should not, not have any problem with inheritance. Why? Because God chose you to be his inheritance. That, that, that is overwhelming to my, ability, to my thought processes that God wanted an inheritance too. Amen. I mean, you got everything. Yes, but I want some people. And, and I want people who are born of my spirit. I don't want people who are just little um, animated objects because I breathe into them. I want some people who are animated by my life presence in them. And then I, they, they were created from the dust, but what I'm going to do is cause them to be born again. And so you and I have been born again. We're the only people in the universe who've had two births. And why can't we celebrate that and get excited about that rather than parsing words that we don't even understand? He says the elect have obtained, and that elect shows that there's a plurality there, a great number of people. They have obtained what, uh, what the Jews were looking for, what God wanted, and the rest were blinded. I, I know you may have a problem with it. I've had problems with things that God said and did. I, I had problems sometime when God was blessing somebody who was as crazy as a bug crawling on the floor, and here I was seeking him with everything I had. But but we but we s simply don't grasp often is that is that your walk with God is unique to you and God. It's okay if God is blessing my brother with with amazing finances on the right and on the left, and I'm sitting here in the middle being squeezed. It's all right because we all have different walks. Those brothers on, on, on each side of me perhaps are being blessed so that they can give, so that me, being in the middle, being squeezed, I'm now joined with them, and we're joined with each other. And what I'm receiving from the squeezing, they are, they, uh, I'm blessing them with, and what they're receiving, say, from the squeezing and the natural, they are blessing me, and we're all one unit going together. This thing's amazing what God is doing. It's amazing what God is doing. There's no time for jealousy and, and, and bigotry in the body of Christ. 
you know, how we look at one denomination against the other. Let's look at, at verse 13. I'll read it somewhat quickly. I mean, 11, 11 through uh, 14. He says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Or what Paul is saying is, because uh, we often stumble, we fall. When we stumble, we often fall. And he says, but he, what he means is fall, uh, they have fallen beyond recovery. When he says, have they stumbled that they should fall or beyond recovery? He says, certainly not. Uh, God forbid. But through their falling, for their falling, their stumbling, their falling, to provoke them to jealousy, listen, but God knows how to get your attention, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches, Riches for the world. Their fall is riches for the world. Why, how, why does Paul say that? Because if they hadn't fallen, it would have been, all of these blessings would have been kept in that, that particular racial group. I mean, I'm excited already. It would have been kept there. It says, but their fall was riches for the world. Their failure, riches for you and me, Gentiles, how much more their fullness. And so Paul is showing us that we are doing really well. It's sort of like somebody who is monetarily wealthy and they have made four or five million dollars. I mean, I think I could get along with that. I mean, I think I could. I'm, whoa. I, you know, and, and then suddenly they've got four or five billion dollars. You see, a million dollars is $1,000,000, but a billion dollars is $1,000 million. I would, so, so what he's saying is, if their failure, if their failure uh, is riches for the world, and I mean, I'm sorry, if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, he said, if you've got all this through failure, how much more their fullness? So what he's saying is there's, there's a day coming when uh, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I believe that we are uh, really moving quickly to that day because of what God is doing in the midst of us. As, as, as our brother Kenneth said, Reverend Kenneth said, that, that, that is palpable now. It's becoming palpable before it was faith that now is palpable. He can feel it. He can touch it. Ah, sense the fragrance of it. And this is where we're coming, believers. And I don't want you sitting down like spectators, you know, watching a football game, watching the excitement, but not really participating. God wants you not only to, to be excited, but he wants you to participate, to be a sharer in what he is bringing forth. Oh, wow. So the fullness is going to, uh, uh, you're going to help me with a, a better expression, but it's going to just blow everything out of the waters. Wow. Wow. Ro let's look at Romans uh, 3, uh, 1 through 4 for a few uh, uh, explanatory notes here. Look, witnesses, that's my witness. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? Is it much in every way? Much in every way. The, the Jews have a, a great advantage. Why? Chiefly, or, or paramount, in, in a paramount way, uh, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. So God committed his words, his sayings, his thoughts to them. It, it, that's, that was an immense treasure, immense treasure that God gave it to them to keep. Can you imagine that? Am I the only one who has a sanctified imagination? You know, can you imagine God bringing to you and your family uh, his words? His sayings, his thoughts, 
And you can read them anytime you want to, but, but, but many of us put it on a, on a desk somewhere. These are the thoughts of God. I'm not some wide-eyed, uninformed liberal, as they always said in college. No. Some guy just wants to believe something. No. It's reality because of the Spirit of God who has come to live inside me and you. He says, what if some did, did, did not believe? That's beautiful. Let's, let's go with me here. Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Let's say it like this. What if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God ineffective? No. Absolutely not. He says here, certainly not. King James says it more boldly. God forbid. <laughs> Indeed, let God be true. But every man, and this is what he means, every man who contradicts God, he says, but let God be, be true. Indeed, let God be true. But every man a liar who contradicts God, he says, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. I love that writing. So let's keep going. I promise to move swiftly. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. I want you to see it. I blow it up so you can see it easily. If by any means, why do you do it? If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are of my flesh and save some of them. So I love this thing. And we've been talking about this for a number of years, how all of us should see it as, as one of our missions in life is to make every Jewish person jealous. We don't do it because we're anti-Semitic. And, and the best example I could give you is if, if uh, somebody is talking to one of one, some guys talking to some girl over there and he's all in her face and trying to woo and win her and he's talking, it doesn't make me jealous. Now, if you spend too much time holding Sister Marvel's hand. I mean, I go, hmm. Try to look natural, and then the more you try to look natural, the more unnatural you look. <laughs> and then we have to make a move on it. That's what it looks like. You get the picture? I know the guys do. Some of you women do too. I remember my, 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 we used to have this little kind of little fun thing. My wife would, 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 would give me like basketball. We used to watch basketball. We were young people. She didn't watch basketball before we got married. And I enjoyed it, so we watched basketball. And it's called Three Seconds in the Lane in that little strip by, by the goal. Three seconds. You can't stay there but three seconds. So she told me, she, I'm going to give you three seconds. <laughs> so if, 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 if she starts counting, 1,001. One, you know, and we gave those things. So that's what you call. So Paul says that we have the right to, to make not our wives jealous, not our husbands jealous, but we have a right to make Israel jealous. And because we want to provoke them to jealousy, to show them that this is what God intended for you. God intended for you to be an effective gathering of people. God intended for you to affect the world. And so, hallelujah, somebody. 
But so often with us, you know, and I know you say, there's that old song and dance, you go, and then there he goes again. That's what President Reagan used to always There you go again. But so, but yes, I'm going there again because some of us have left our, our first love. We have left our first, uh, one of our, our main assignments of making Israel jealous, provoking them to jealousy, that they might be saved so that there would be a remnant even in our generation. And we have just joined the world, the secular world, and trying to do things through secular, secular means. What a pity. I hope I provoke you to jealousy because I'm enjoying heaven. I'm enjoying heaven. These days, I'm enjoying heaven. Interaction with heaven. It's not a daily basis yet. That's my goal daily, you know, that I, that I have these amazing encounters. But I'm having them like weekly. Wow. I only share them explicitly when God gives me because I'm kind of like a blabbermouth in that regard. Not to boast, just want you to know everything. Okay, where am I? Yes, um, yeah, Paul wanted to, to save them. And in Deuteronomy, he talks about it in Deuteronomy 32, 21. You can write that down. I won't read it. Um, Acts 13, 46, uh, he does it there. Paul said, and, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas grew bold, and they said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, when you reject the gospel, you're judging yourself unworthy, not worthy of everlasting life. Life. He says, behold, we turn to the Gentile. And that should have made, that makes them jealous. Hey, what are you talking about? What, 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 this is what makes them jealous. They're looking for what we already have. They're looking for the Messiah. He's come, and now he's living right here in front of you in these vessels of clay. Yeah, I'm bold. Yes, I'm bold. I'm bold. I'm bold. Also, you can look at Acts 18, 5, um, Five and six. Let me read a few more scriptures because this is where I, sh I wanted to start. And I'm ending. I can ask, yes, thank you, Sister Steph. You can come to, to the platform. Verse 15 says, For if their being, this is powerful, for if their being cast away, or they are cast away, they have been cast away. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world. That's what God has done. God has brought the whole world to him through their being cast away. This wisdom is mind-boggling. And he says, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? It will be like resurrection, like watching a resurrection. Because when that happens, there are going to be a, a great number of developments, not only in the earth, but all through the heavens. I don't know, man. I think, I think, I really believe that we are on the very precipice of it. Precipice of it. Very precipice of it. This is amazing. What a great time in which to live. Right? And, and, and so many of us are distracted while it's almost like old Gabriel has got his horn in his hand, putting it up to his lips. Come on, somebody. Let me read it. 
Verse 16 says, for. So, so Paul wants to explain this so that we don't get big-headed. Have you ever noticed how sometimes when people haven't had anything, when they get something, they get big-headed? I know you've had, to you've had to observe that, you know. If you've got eyes, use them. This is good, good, it's a good analogy. He says, because he's trying to keep Gentiles in their place and keep them humble and keep them thankful. Verse 16, for if the first fruits, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. So I can't get this wad of dough to be holy dough and take some of it. This holy is holy too. He says, for the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off and you, all of you, don't get so excited, you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them, not without them, but with them became a partaker, a sharer of the root, not just of the branches, roots, and fatness of the olive tree. You are sharing in something that was not yours because you were the wild one, the unproductive one, and God did something totally contrary to nature. You don't take um, a bad tree and graft it into a good tree. Now, you can take a good branch and graft it into a bad tree and get from the, from the graft up, you get good fruit. But God did something for us that was totally contrary to nature, that does not make any sense to the natural mind. What God did was he took a bad tree, put it into a good root system, and brought forth this kind of productivity. This is amazing what God has done for the believer. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So, let us just stop there. I promised Brother Rennie, this time, I'm coming in at my time. So let's stop. And I just want you to just take what we've shared, embrace it, and just love Jesus. Love Jesus. Father, thank you in the name of the Lord for what you have shared with us today. I pray that we would go out of this place refreshed and knowing that to be a Christian means you're somebody. But you're not somebody by your own machinations, your own doings your own work, but just by faith, by faith we believe. Thank you so much, Father, in the name of the Lord. Amen. I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to ask you that if you have not given your heart to Jesus, I want you to give your heart to Jesus today. I'll be back in a minute.